The better life that God wants you to have is paved with miracles. This is the place for miracles. I was reading last night uh, the story of Hannah in the Bible in 2 Samuel. Hannah, Hannah was a young woman who was desperate to have a child. She was childless. She was barren. Now, if you've ever been out in the deserts in California or in other places of the world, in Arizona, uh, you, you see the barrenness, the barrenness of the desert. However, if you take some seed and some water, you can turn that desert into a green, a green field, you know. Uh, your, your desert will, will, will blossom again. I remember when my dad or Roberts preached a message, your, your desert will, will blossom like the rose. Hannah was barren, and her prayer was that she would not remain childless, but that God would give her a child. God not only gave her a child named Samuel, but God gave her a very special child who became the prophet in Israel, and it was Samuel who anointed Saul to be king, and it was Samuel who anointed David to be king. God lifted Hannah up with a child. Uh, you know the story of Mephibosheth, which is also in 2 Samuel in the Bible. Mephibosheth was a son of Jonathan, and Jonathan was David's best friend. Well, Jonathan and his father, King Saul, were both killed at war. Meanwhile, Mephibosheth, who had, uh, had had to run for his life, his nurse carried him and he fell and injured his legs and was crippled and couldn't walk. And now as an adult, he was hiding out in a place called Lodabar, forgotten, uh, no one thinking about him. Here he was in line to become king himself and now nobody even knew who he was or remembered him. Maybe that's how you feel. Nobody remembers you. Nobody thinks about you. You feel like you're an outcast living in a place like Lodabar. And Samuel comes and anoints David, and David becomes king. And on that wonderful day, David said, Is there someone in the lineage of Jonathan whom I can bless? And someone reminded him that Jonathan had a son by the name of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth was summoned unto the king's quarters. And all of his property, all that he had was restored to him. Suddenly, his name was known again throughout the land. That was a divine uplift from Mephibosheth. Everything in his life changed. Maybe you need everything in your life changed today. Maybe you need an uplift from God. Well, what God did in Bible days, He's still doing these days. Look at the life of Esther. Esther was a young Hebrew girl. And because the queen, Vashti, was removed, demoted from her place, she became a part uh, of the king's entourage. And God was going to use her. The Bible says, for such a time as this you were born. Her uncle Mordecai said to her, you, you've got to help us. Haman has a plan against the Jews. He's going to kill us all. And God used Esther to give word to King Xerxes that, that uh, there was a man by the name of Mordecai and there was a man by the name of Haman and, and, and the Jews were about to be, be, uh, be put into extinction and Haman was the one who was doing it. And the king turned everything around. He honored Esther and granted her wish. That was a divine uplift in her life, for she was born for such a time as that. Look at the story of Peter and John going to the temple to pray. And they saw a man who had, was sitting on the ground. He had been carried there every day by his family. He was lame. He was crippled. He, he couldn't walk. And Peter said to him, Such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he put out his hand and he lifted him up. 
That's God's uplift in our lives. And the man came up, lifting up uh, with, uh, with Peter as he stretched out his hand and began to rejoice and praise God and dance before the Lord and went into the temple with him to give praise and honor to our God. I'm talking about a divine uplift. A divine uplift is synonymous with supernatural acts of God in our lives. And as I said, he's no respecter of persons. If he'll do it for Esther, if he'll do it for Mephibosheth, if he'll do it for Hannah, if he'll do it for that man at the gate, then he'll do it for you and for me because he's no respecter of persons. A divine uplift is God's promotion. And when God promotes you, no man can demote you. A divine lifting is a positive change that comes into a person's life. Uh, With a divine lifting, an ordinary person is made great and will sit among honorable men, the Bible says. A divine lifting brings people from dust to the throne. And when God decides that He's going to lift you up, then your whole atmosphere, your surroundings, everything about you changes. Why, Richard? Why why is divine lifting so important? Why must you have a divine lifting? Well, first of all, a divine lifting brings honor to God. It brings honor to God. Unto the Lord. And you remember in the Bible, David was dancing before the Lord in the streets, and his wife became very upset. And David said, No, I'm not ashamed. I will give honor and I will give my praise unto God, for God has made me king, and in this I will give him honor. When you have a divine uplift in your life, it gives honor to God. And uh, secondly, a divine lifting gives you peace. Now, I'm not talking about uh, Calgon, uh, give me peace uh, in, in the bathtub. You know, no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of peace of God that passes all understanding. The kind of peace that Jesus said, my peace. Not the world's kind of peace, not the kind of peace that's negotiated at a table, but peace that comes into your heart so that you can sleep, so that you can rest, so that you can do your work, so you can fulfill your calling. I'm talking about a divine lift. I'm talking about getting on the road to a better life. That's really what I'm talking about. That's why it's important. A third reason that a divine lifting is so important and why we need a divine lifting is because it serves as a magnetic force to give glory unto the Lord. I give glory unto God. I praise His holy name. I give Him not just honor, but I give Him glory, which He so richly deserves. Well, how can I have a divine anointing? What must I do, you say? First of all, 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means if we repent, that God will forgive us and give us a fresh start. So if there's sin in your life, you can always say, God, I'm so sorry, I repent. I changed my mind. I turned my back on the past. I renounce the devil. And I take Christ as my Savior and Lord, and I serve Him. The second thing you can do is you can live a holy life. Because the Bible says, be ye holy... For I am holy. Be holy. Keep your body holy. Some people say, say, well, it's my life. I can do whatever I want to. Well, yes, you can. But there are consequences to living a life that way. We must give honor and glory to God. And our lives are the testing grounds, the proving grounds that we love and we serve and we worship God. Because people are watching. The world is watching to see what Christians are going to do, how we're going to respond instead of just react. And the third thing we can do is we can be a giver. If you study the Bible, you'll find that Solomon was a giver. 
Solomon gave unto the Lord. And when you give unto God, when you support the work of the Lord, you put yourself in what my dad Earl Roberts used to call a preferred position to receive God's, uh, God's multiplication reward back to you. For Jesus said, when you give, I will give back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And then number four, to, to, to receive an uplift from God, be a soul winner. That's why I'm going to India very soon. I'm going to minister to 1,200 pastors. They have a vision for starting 10,000 new churches to win the lost to Christ. And the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. And then the final thing, connect yourself to the Word of God. The Bible is the authority. That's why I keep my book, Your Road uh, to a Better Life, with my Bible. Because everything that I say in this book is backed up by this book. Now, heaven and earth will pass away, but this word I'm holding right here says, Holy Bible, this word will not pass away. Everything I have written down in this book for you is, is coming and backed up by this word right here. And that's how I write my books, because I believe this word right here will never, ever pass away. So I make sure that my words are in harmony with this word. And we can have the anointing upon our lives. It'll catapult us. It will lift us up into our divine destination so that we can be the man, the woman that we are called to be in the authority of Jesus' name. God wants you to have a divine uplift. And I have declared this new year, 2018, to be a year of God's uplifting. And I'm praising God. I'm setting my faith with you right now in the authority of Jesus' name for His divine uplift to come into your life and for you to get on that road to a better life that God wants you to have in every area of your life, in your spirit, your mind, your body, your family, your finances, in Jesus' mighty name. I receive it with you. Amen and amen. Somebody give praise to the Lord today. Hallelujah for a divine uplift. Thank you for listening to the Place for Miracles podcast. If you'd like to receive prayer, call our Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777 or go to oralroberts.com prayer. Our website also features uplifting articles, online Bible classes, and books such as Your Road to a Better Life by Richard Roberts. It's a 91-day journey to help bring God's miracles into your life. It's about living the better life that we all want, a closer relationship with Jesus, experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, and getting your needs met in every area. Go online to oralroberts.com to request a copy for your best seed faith gift.